Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. There it is. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. Michael Goudeau is not here for good reason. <laughs> uh, we are broadcasting from Show Creators South, but this week, we are less than three hours away from Penn watching Bob Dylan live in concert uh, online. <laughs> but you don't care anyway. You don't care about the show right now. Your brain is already... <laughs> Sitting in front of your computer watching Bob Dylan. I am preaching love in the Shadow Kingdom. <laughs> Shadow Kingdom is the name of the webcast okay. of Bob Dylan that is just uh, uh, two hours and 59 minutes away. <laughs> and my computer has been counting it down now for three or four days. Uh, I bought my ticket. I'm all set to go. Um, uh, my mother-in-law said, you'll be watching. You know, the only people in my house now are me and my mother-in-law. Oh, yeah. And two dogs. <laughs> my friend Elliot in Vermont said, I'm praying for you. Who takes care of the dogs when you're home alone with the dogs? Well, I'm not home alone with the dogs. My mother-in-law's <laughs> there. And she's taking care of the dogs. Got it. I have nothing to do. Yeah, I, was gonna, I, I don't think you're feeding the dogs. I am not. I'm not feeding the dogs. But she was like saying, oh, we're going to watch in the home theater and I can watch you watch and that'll be exciting. But no, no. Yeah. I'm going to be in my office on my computer with my nice uh, AirPod Max, you know, fancy yeah. pink headphones. I'm going to have them up loud and I'm going to be watching Bob Dylan do the Shadow Kingdom. Now, is this, is this a concert? This is a brand new concert from him? Yes. But nobody knows the details. There's a 30-second clip of it that is, um, that's the trailer, and it seems to be black and white. It seems to be people are very well-dressed in the audience, uh-huh. and he will be doing his old songs. And in this particular one, he's doing Watching the River Flow, as we all know from Nashville Skyline. Wow. Um, so I have no idea. And I uh, talked to Jeff, who's Bob's manager, to try to get information from Jeff. Trying to get information from Jeff about what Bob Dylan is doing yeah. is harder than trying to get information from our crew on how the bullet catch is done. <laughs> he said, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Entire comment. Entire comment about the whole thing. Also, the easiest thing to say to Penn Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> Who has never been disappointed with Bob Dylan. No. That's not true. When he went Christian, yeah. there were some moments that I went, oh, geez, so. my life is being ruined. <laughs> when Bob Dylan went, and I wrote about this in the liner notes, because yeah. you know, the liner notes of the Christian Bob Dylan bootleg, I wrote. Right. Some of them. I, I'm not the only one writing the liner notes. And um, I wrote about this. When Bob Dylan went Christian, my friends were such sons of bitches 
that I got telegrams. Oh. When did you ever get a telegram? <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten a telegram. I think I got two telegrams going, ha ha, Bob's Christian. <laughs> I mean, essentially that. Slow trade coming. Bet you're loving that pen. Ha ha ha. People were, the amount of joy Dylan brought to my friends yeah. by going Christian was overwhelming. <laughs> they were just knee deep in their own cum. They yeah. were just so, so happy. And it was, when I had a parrot, you know, I had a parrot for a while. Yes. Because I was I'm still writing, theoretically, this book called Lucky Dick about a parrot. And I wanted to, I, so I borrowed a parrot from a local guy who, uh, who does parrots. You knew a guy. I knew a guy. You had a parrot guy. I, mean, I know a parrot guy. <laughs> so this is a parrot that found uh, itself stressed yeah. and began plucking out its feathers. It could no longer be on the floor of the casino looking pretty because he didn't look pretty. Ah. Looked kind of funky, little funky. Okay. So this bird, while being funky, goes into a uh, retirement period or a, a hiatus. Mm -hmm. And during the hiatus, the, uh, the guy said that if I wanted to live with the parrot, I could. So I brought a parrot into my home. And uh, it was very nice. He stopped plucking his feathers. He was happy with me. Oh, good. And um, we got along very well, surprisingly, because, you know, I don't get along well with animals that aren't wild. Right. And um, every time I left the room with one of my friends, I would find, and it was not just one, two, three, four friends. Every time I walked back into a room when they were alone with the parrot, they would be going, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Because everybody thought if they could make the parrot <laughs> preach to me, it would be the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> but that is not the way parrots learn. Oh. That's one of the reasons I had the parrot, was to learn how parrots learn. And they don't learn just because things are repeated, just like humans. Yeah. You don't learn language because it's repeated around you a lot. You learn language because the information is useful to you and you can use it. Uh -huh. So the reason you say certain things is to get certain things. So if a parrot is just hearing, blah, 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 blah doesn't make any difference. You got to be like feeding them while you do it. Well, right? no, you got to be able to let him know what it means. Parrots do know what they're saying means. Really? Mm. It may not mean, I met, um... Oh, geez, I just forgot his name. Isn't that terrible? It may come to me. But I met the very famous, Pepper, Pe Pepperberg is the, is the woman who trained him. I forgot the parrot's name, but I met him at MIT. Mm -hmm. And it was remarkable. Because you could say to the parrot, get that red block over there. It would say, this block, pick it up. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. That's awesome. You know- uh, there's an essay by, um, Alex, Alex. Oh yeah. Alex. I remember Alex. Oh, yeah. nice. He's an African gray. I think anyway, um, there is a, a short story written by the guy who wrote arrival, the original story that arrival is based on the short story. Uh, can you find out what his name is ready? I want to get that right. But I wrote the original short story. He's already on it. That is, um, phenomenal short story. As a matter of fact, his book of short stories, mm -hmm. along with Elizabeth McCracken's book of short stories and Robert Lennon's book of short stories, 
are just, people are writing really wicked good short stories now. But in his book, Ted Chang, Ted Chang, Ted Chang, in his, in his book, uh, he has this incredible essay, which I was so envious of because I wish I'd written it, which really means I wish I was smarter and I wish I was a better writer and I wish I'd gotten this idea. All those together, which all kind of line up to I wish I were Ted Chang, <laughs> which I don't wish as much as I wish I was Bob Dylan, which is oh, less than three hours away. <laughs> so he writes this thing about how we spend all of this time trying to um, uh, trying to think about communicating with animals. Yeah. Like we'll teach apes to sign language and we'll teach this. And meanwhile, we have a alien species that actually speaks, that's living here, which is parrots. Yeah. And the research done on them is much less than it should be. His parrots can talk, and uh, whereas Coco, the gorilla, right, I uh, I got in a lot of trouble because when I was um, when I was a little snottier in my skepticism, yes, I was hosting a radio show in San Francisco. It was Alex Bennett's show. He took a vacation. And I filled in, and they were talking about Coco, the ape that signs. Yeah, right. And um, I was scoffing at the ape signing. Actually, they just put up a video of uh, Coco's finally mess- final message before Coco died. Uh-huh. And they have, you know, uh, man hurt earth must fix. Right? right. But it's edited a little bit. <laughs> like a lot. And maybe in between, he's saying tiddlywinks. Yeah, know? yeah. So, but anyway. Uh, I scoffed right. at um, at uh, Coco, and I got a um, very angry letter from where Coco lives, the lab Coco lives, one of the people there. It was very angry. Very angry. <laughs> it was an angry letter. The letter was angry. You blew up their bit. And I read the letter on the air. Without comment, except at the very end where I said, I want you to notice who signed this letter. Not Coco! (laughs) (laughs) That was it. That was my only comment. I felt felt I'd made my point at that point. But when I met Alex, I don't think Alex was talking about what it felt like to be a bird. Right. Uh, Who is it that famously said, boy, I'm just full of references I don't know today. (laughs) You're going to break Reddy's fingers. But one of the horrifying- I'll be your Googleberry. <laughs> one of the horrifying, and I mean this sentence is so horrifying. It's like um, um, someone like uh, Blake, someone like William Blake um, wrote, oh, it makes my skin crawl. If tigers could talk, we wouldn't understand them. Oh. Oh, Then that's not even the quote. The quote is better than that. (laughs) Right. That's my remembering watered down version of the quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is horrific. So that Alex did not talk to me about what the essential nature of being a parent is. Right. If Alex talked to me about that, 
I would still be freaking out. Yes. Um, Wittgenstein. And what is the exact quotation? You had it right except lion instead of tiger. Oh, my. <laughs> um, yeah. Isn't that horrific? Yeah. Just horrific. Just horrible. I worked on a play that I was going to write a while ago on this subject called Frog Talk. Mm-hmm. It was going to be about French scientists. That was the joke. Uh-huh. And they were dissecting a frog and it worked out a way to communicate directly with the brain. Mm-hmm. And the frog was talking about its experience. And it was just a total breakdown of the French scientists. Yeah. Based on that quote. But I just want to put the joke in of Frog Talk. <laughs> Why, well, uh, uh, my kids are, you know, uh, we, we have two cats yeah. that murder birds like it's their job. We're going to talk about that next year. Yeah. But uh, they also just, you know, go around and, and, and so I have, uh, you know, little, little spray bottles around the house mm-hmm. to discourage specific behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, they, they were crawling on top of and a. What's in those is, is uh, acid? Bleach, yeah. Bleach, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it also cleans their fur. <laughs> Um, <laughs> water for everyone listening. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> cause I was like, would the audience think I'd actually do that? And I have to correct myself. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, cause the answer was yes. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. As I was when comedians like, oh, I did this edgy joke and no one, la- you know, no one laughed What a lame audience. I was like, it's cause they think you're capable of it. Yeah. That's, that's why. That is, you know, that is everything. Yeah. That is everything. That's really well put. Yeah. You know, with Don Rickles. It's the reason he got away with stuff. Yeah, you didn't People think he meant People did not think he meant it at any level. But if there is one little uh, chink in your armor, yeah. you know, one little, with, with respect to Sarah Silverman, if there's one <laughs> little chink in your armor, um, they will find it. Yeah. They can feel it. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do edgy material, you have to check yourself completely. Yeah. Because if you're showing real stuff there, it will not fly. Nope, nope, nope. But go on with your, uh, so, uh, you're putting bleach in the eye of your cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you've knocked over uh, a little marshmallow toothpick project. The kids made it like summer camp and it falls over and it breaks. Kid, it rushes, my son rushes to grab the water bottle to be like, we're going to get him. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, what are we, what are we doing? And he was like, he broke my summer project. You know, I worked hard on that. And I was like, that cat does not know how hard you worked on anything. <laughs> That cat's a cat. Yeah. And I was like, it, I was like, are we saying that it can't crawl up there where it was crawling? And he's like, no. And I was like, then we can't use the water bottle because it's just about behaviors. We can't do it. And Well, cats just walk around going, fuck this. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck this. They're like, hey, I haven't, is there something up there I haven't knocked over? I got to get up there. I got to check it out. <laughs> yeah, they crawl in the cabinets. They're just, they're, they are not, they're not pets. They are roommates. <laughs> That don't, yes. that don't speak any human language whatsoever. Also, people try to get more than one cat in their home. Yeah. They think the cats are lonely. Yeah. But cats are solitary. Very much. They do not give a fuck about other cats. Mine happen to be paired as kittens, so they do have that kind of a thing. But yeah, once in a while, I'm definitely like, they don't think they're sisters, the way they're behaving to each other right now. Um, and what's weird is that there's a other... There's other uh, piece of shit cats in the neighborhood uh-huh. come over to uh my yard and they fight with my cats mm-hmm. but i've noticed is that if one of my cats is losing my other cat 
hops on the side of the other cat. <laughs> There's no loyalty among them for being the ones that live in my house. There's no loyalty whatsoever. They, they, they both choose the side of the winner, regardless of anything. Well, they found out, you know, they've been doing uh, video trackers yeah. on uh, cats. Yeah. And they found out that many house cats yeah. are the pets of more than one family. Oh, really? That they go to another family and get food and all that, and they live at like several houses. That is definitely true, because they were, we, we, we got the mean, same- I mean, your cat may be someone else's cat at the same time. Well, we found this out when we were, so we got like the same food that my father-in-law had for them. So we're like, we'll give them the same food and they like that food. They like that food when we were taking care of them at their house, at the, my father-in-law's house after he passed until we couldn't find them a home, which turned out to be ours. And then, uh, got the same food and suddenly they were snobbing our food. And then like months go by and we were trying like, we're trying like half a dozen brands of cat food, trying to figure out what the hell they'll eat. Here's what I understand. My mother-in-law with the dogs goes yeah. through, they're not eating this food. Yeah. I go, well, I learned, I learned yeah. that when I got hungry, I'd eat just potatoes. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could have changed from cheeseburgers to potatoes and I would have snubbed it yeah. maybe for a couple weeks. Yeah. But uh, my, uh, my mother-in-law's dog is wicked overweight. <laughs> it's a fat dog. Yeah. And Tater, uh, our our poodle, is slim, but he's still he's not a he's not a New York ballet dancer. Yeah, you know, he's not hot. He's not black coffee and cigarettes. Yeah. So won't they just get hungry? I have explored this tactic, and the answer is yes. They do get hungry, right? Yes. Uh, my wife and my children won't let me explore the tactic as often as I'd like. Mm -hmm. But as soon as but I, I can. I explored the tactic on me. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's on why. On me. And I, it's not like I'm doing something to the dogs <laughs> I wouldn't do to myself. Yes. I went through the same experiment. And uh, yeah, that's why I'm like, sometimes the kids go away and the, and the wife leaves and they've been snotty about cat food. And I go like, guess what? Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's when you're eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, found a, a neighbor was like, oh, by the way, I hope you don't mind. We sometimes feed your cats tuna out of our backyard or whatever. Well, have like, a, good. That saves money. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I wish it ahead of time. And also now I know my cats are getting fresh tuna from you. Yeah. Therefore, everything I'm buying is shit. So <laughs> sure. And also that's why you're bringing the rumble to the jungle. Our cats continue to fight with neighborhood cats because you're feeding all of them and you're next door. So that's why I have a stranger cats fighting my cats in my yard. So thanks for all that. Mysteries solved. You're breaking the rumble to the jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other day, yeah, I uh, went into my pool because every once in a while when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm typing, I feel like I want to be refreshed for a moment. Mm -hmm. So I go out and I stand in my pool. I sometimes swim, but sometimes I stand in my pool. Do you have like a sun deck situation or you just stand in the like waist deep? The, the pool at the deepest goes right up to my neck. Oh, and you like that? I stand there, yeah. yeah. But this time I went out, you know, I feed the birds in the backyard. So I have 50 birds out there all the time. Yeah. Uh, mostly turtle doves and house finches. I don't have any exotic fancy birds. No, no fancy ass birds. I feed the garbage birds. I'm very happy about that. Do you still have a really fat quail? The, the, I have the fat quails. The, the quails are 
really wicked fat. <laughs> um, and some of the some of the turtle doves now, the pigeons, yeah, are so fat they walk up to the feeder. <laughs> they don't even bother flying anymore. Because I feed the, for a backyard feeder, I think it may be a little eccentric to feed like three pounds a day, which is what I do. <laughs> So anyway, I go out to the pool and there is a bird floating in the pool, dead bird. Oh no. So I walk over slowly to the dead bird to get it out of the pool. Yeah. The dead bird is blinking. Oh no. Blinking. Dead bird, not dead. So I go over and I pick it up and it is listless, but it is alive. Your hand? You're gesturing that you picked it up with your hand. No, I wrap my dick around it. (laughs) No, I sucked it into my mouth. No, I picked it up with the back of my head. No, I spread my ass cheeks and gently held oh, the like, bird in like there. Like a claw game. Like the kid's claw game. <laughs> yes, with my hands. I would have used a net or something. I wouldn't touch a bird. It's in my pool. Yeah. Chlorine. It figured it all out. So I pick up the bird. Yeah. And it's just going blinking, looking around. It did not look tremendous. Oh, its facial expression was not tremendously distressed. Its body. <laughs> Certainly. I mean, drown rat. It just could not have looked more funky. It looked very funky. Very funky. Uh-huh. Badass bird. This was like a post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, 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 Mad Max bird. Okay. I picked it up gently and I placed it on the edge of the pool set it there and it just sat there i said oh okay and looked around a little bit fine so i went back in and said it'll dry out there in the sun now it's 110 degrees in vegas yeah so i kept looking out and it had walked maybe a foot not far yeah and i said you know i i believe i'm just broiling that fish now uh, that fish that bird now yeah i believe i'm broiling it 110 degrees, it's on cement, it's being broiled. So I went out and I said, what I'm going to do, because I talked to Godot about this, I sent Godot a video. And <laughs> Godot said, which is a video that people who are um, our Patreon will see. Really? I'll send you that video. Okay. <laughs> it's a video of me moving the bird out of the pool with my penis. And I'll just say. Which I think is worth $5 a month. I'll also say we have a lot of new patrons. One of the oldest posts we put up was your fat quail. So that's there. So go there and look at the old posts. Because we have posted photos of Ben's fat. Well, now you'll see uh, super funky post-apocalyptic bird being picked up by my dick out of the pool and placed on the, on the, on the cement to broil. If I post this, you're just going to get calls for America's Got Talent. <laughs> I know. I know no doubt about it. Well, yes, I picked up, I can pick up birds with my penis and both my parents and all my grandparents have cancer and are dying <laughs> and their one wish was to see me on the show. <laughs> um, okay. You can pick up a bird with your penis. Yes, I can. Let's talk about how sick your mother is. <laughs> I was talking about how I didn't feel like I could do well in America's Got Down because I don't have that story and it's in front of my family. Uh, we were in Jersey together and they're like, well, you have one pretty tragic story. I was like, that happened like a long time ago. I don't know how well we can reach back well, you, for those you things. You could not timestamp it and say, my mother died when I was in her arms going down the 
water slide. And they, would, and they would say, well, of course she died. You're 250 pounds. Don't sit on your mother on a slide. <laughs> this next magician recently crushed his mother to death. <laughs> but he thinks he knows what word Howie is thinking of. <laughs> well, it's down. It's very exciting. We're going to have you all vote. We're down to the guy who could pick up a dog, uh, pick up a bird with his penis, and the guy who killed his mother and knows what word Howie's thinking of. <laughs> and we have a 12 year old to place the ukulele. <laughs> Wait, that'd be good to turn the tragedy inside out on America's Got Talent. Like, as long as I'm winning on this show, I will not kill. <laughs> and if I win the whole thing, I'll never murder again. Never murder again? But if you do not vote for me, I will kill. Yeah. I'm going to the water slides. <laughs> I, I am finding small, frail women, and I am sitting on them, going down the slide until I win. America's Got Talent. And you better not vote for the guy who picks up birds with his penis. If you care about the mothers of America, you will not care about the guy picking up birds with his penis. So I sent the video to Godot. Yeah. And Godot wrote back and said, that, that bird's not looking good. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said, um, you just left him in the sun? I said, yes, to dry him out. How many people that we know is our first call to Godot for that? Because that would be the person I would call as well. It must be 50 people. Yeah, it's got to be a good 50 people. Yeah. So he said, for those who are keeping score, we are now more than halfway through the episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now, but I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? Get pet essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. So Godot said, you should go out and pick him up again with your penis <laughs> and gently place him in a bush so that nothing eats him. That's a, my, my thought was when I was trying to empathize with this bird, mm -hmm. he basically knew he was, gonna, he was done for and he thought I could drown rather than be eaten to death. That's what I thought was possibly going on. Maybe. Also, we have dogs in our yard yeah. who do not care about birds. At all. When I take the dog for a walk and a rabbit or a bird walks right near him, yeah. no interest. But grass that smells like dog urine, oh. <laughs> so they don't have that birding genetics that some like a, like a spaniel or something like well, that this, might have. The, the, a poodle is a water dog. Yeah. Which the poodle will not go in the water. Yeah. Our, our poodle is a water dog that's not a water dog. He's like, please, no stereotypes. I don't like the water. Get over it. And he also is supposed to be a birder that can do soft mouth. You know the word yeah. soft mouth? Yeah. I love that term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't care about birds. I mean, really doesn't care about birds. Like birds are like not in his plane. Like he might not have the eyes to see. Like ghosts to me. <laughs> You know, birds are ghosts to him. Yeah. Like a rabbit. And I see a rabbit. I want to chase it. My first inclination is I want to run after that rabbit. My, my soft mouth gets it going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I see a bird, I want to run toward it. The dog doesn't care. Oh, but when I 
when I smell dog urine on grass, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I want to get away from it. Yeah, yeah. So I go out. Here's this is where the story gets real exciting. Okay, I go out, and I have already have the sense memory. You know, like tennis players, mm-hmm. they can practice tennis in their bed. Yeah, because if you think about the moves, it helps you. Like even juggling, if you really think about what you're going to do, it actually learns. It's a fascinating thing. Wow. So I've already practiced picking up the bird. I'm going to cradle it in both hands this time, instead of my dick. Yeah. Cradle it in both hands. I'm going to pick it up, and I even have the bush, the target bush, that I'm going to move it onto. Mm-hmm. So that it'll be up there, and I'm wondering, will his little feet perch? Is he still able to perch? I yeah. don't know. So I had this whole gun in my head, and the dog is right at my ankles as I'm doing this whole thing. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, this is when the dog's going to decide to be a birder. And this is going to be a horrible moment. It's going to be a nightmare. Dog doesn't see the bird. Invisible. Doesn't care. I go to reach for the bird. Reach for the bird. I'm going to pick it up gently in my hands. And the bird flies. (gasps) The bird flies. And the bird flies. Here's the amazing thing. To the exact branch I pictured putting it on. <laughs> so now there's a good chance I'm controlling the bird with my mind. Yeah. That's a good explanation. Definitely. Okay. And the bird just sits right where I wanted it to. Yeah. And I go, okay, that's done. And I wrote to go. The bird flew a little bit. And uh, Godot writes back, good sign. Good sign. <laughs> So I go back in, and I come out 45 minutes later. Yeah. Birds in the exact same spot. Still holding on, still blinking, looking ever so slightly less funky. Really? So I go back in, do a little more of my so-called work, which your cats wouldn't understand. (laughs) And which my father never really understood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my mother-in-law's iffy about it. <laughs> but I'm doing my work, yeah. which surprisingly often includes surfing porn. Right. And I go out like another 45 minutes later. So this whole adventure, we're now two and a half hours into the adventure. Yeah. Bird's gone. So I say, very good news until I look at the ground. When I look at the ground, I'm going to see dead bird. So I have my moment of joy, and then I go to squash it by looking down at the ground. No bird. Look a little further, radius. No bird. A little further, radius. No bird. Look in the tree around there. No bird. I say to uh, my mother-in-law, she says, "Uh, my dog brought in a dead bird. Oh, no, no, no. Little finch. Not the bird. Not that bird. Not that bird. Not the bird I was... You know, I wrapped my dick around and got attached. It was your dog, when your dog, when your mother-in-law's dog brings in the soft mouth bird treatment, your poodle dog, does he think like, I should learn that or still don't get it? Or did you, did the dog bring in a ghost? Our, our, <laughs> the word think. <laughs> I don't know if that, that ever has come up with my dog. Yeah. Um. I looked all over. Yeah. No dead bird. 
So I believe I am a bird hero. Yeah, I think so too. And Godot said, wait until that bird tells the other birds what kind of guy you are. <laughs> You're going to have more birds at your feet. I said, I'm already doing like three pounds a day. He said, better go to five. Because you're now a bird words hero. Getting words getting out. But b- words getting out that you are a bird. And all the rest of the birds that eat there every day, like, boy, if there was any question whether we got a bird guy in our hands. <laughs> Did you see him wrap his dick around one of us? <laughs> and then the birds are going, we got to find a way to vote on America's Got Talent. <laughs> I don't care if that guy murders other humans. Uh, what do I care? <laughs> he saved bird. <laughs> He's for us. Also, I want to kind of fly by and see that guy crush women at the water. <laughs> Birds wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, like a nature film to them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not horrific. Just They just go, that's the circle of life. <laughs> no difference. Watching me enter a water park is no different than watching a gazelle, uh, the lion present himself in a field of gazelle. Right, exactly. <laughs> they just go, and now... Yeah. The Matt Donnelly is entering the water park. <laughs> He's eyeing up the different uh, slides. There's a woman from North Dakota with a rather light bone structure. <laughs> he can probably crush her easily. <laughs> now he has to separate her from the pack and say, let's go down the slide, Mom. <laughs> see if we can get our mic close enough to actually hear the call. <laughs> but wait a minute, I'm not your mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle of life. Son. Circle of life. It's just the, you have to let them behave the way they behave. That's what they do. We can't. We can't put our morality onto them. No, it's like Trump. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a bird hero. I think it's great. I think there'll be maybe a statue of twigs made of me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Put together with spit and effort and love. I, I will tell you that the idea of um, of um, right to die yeah. did enter my mind when I saw him in the pool, that he made that decision. And I said, listen, buddy, this is not Washington State. <laughs> You're in Vegas, which is, incidentally, the suicide capital of, right. uh, of uh, North America, I believe. It was at one time. It would, I mean, that should surprise no one. No, no. You know. A lot of people come here for their last shot or last chance of something. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. We are, uh, every once in a while, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I just, um, thank God yeah. for Mississippi and Montana <laughs> because I believe without Mississippi and Montana, Vegas would be last in everything. Yeah. Yeah. No one gets their doctorate and says, finally, I can go to Vegas <laughs> now with this degree. Yeah. I'll make my way. Uh, we are, uh, I believe, uh, they rank the states for education. Yeah. You know, like one would always be like, what, Massachusetts, Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Two, three, four. <laughs> Vegas, usually 50. I have heard that we have a bad rap with that. Mm. We sure do. No, no, we sure do. We definitely do. But because the schools... um you know, we moved to a place where our schools were pretty well ranked over in over in Henderson, mm-hmm. so our kids can go to public school. And that's the one thing that people don't think about, which is that like Vegas, it's it's pretty easy to move around here mm-hmm. compared to like California, where it's competitive to get in those districts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
we're a transient state. So when people move to public schools to private or schools to another school or just leave the state entirely, someone told me that that that, that, that gets in our roles, that, that as our enrollment rate is blank and our graduation rate is blank. Oh, I see. And so we lose points for people just moving out of Nevada, which happens quite frequently. And I think also a lot of people in Nevada move to Mississippi just to help us out. <laughs> like, we're not doing well. Let's go to Mississippi and really fail there. Yeah, because then we'll move Nevada up or two notches. <laughs> a true Nevadan would do that. Yeah. Covert activity. A true Nevadan would, be a, would move to Mississippi. It's like California. Yeah. If California really cared about politics, they would move somewhere else. Yeah. You know, all you need is what? 2% of the Democrats in California, yeah. I'm, I'm making up all these numbers. Yeah. To move to Wyoming and they flip it. It's true. Yeah. When I make up something and it's true, that's just accidental. <laughs> I mean, philosophically true. I don't think. But, you know, that's the other thing about people moving here from California. There's, right, there's a huge exodus right now of Californians to Nevadans, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to make it more blue. And I was like, I don't think it's the blue voters that are, like, moving in exodus to move here. I think it's frustrated people that, whose votes don't count that are moving. That's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. But if we're making stuff know. up. Yeah, might as well keep going. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like every, because uh, with my kids, then you meet with the kids' parents, right? You always meet your, your, your classmates' parents. Right, which are the same people that when you were in high school, you swore you'd never spend time with again. <laughs> True. Now they're the parents of your children, and you have to spend time with them again. <laughs> At the same place. <laughs> and everyone talks about like, you know, we're right last, but I did research and, and we moved here and we got our kid into this school. And I was like, yeah, me too. So if we're all doing that, it can't be as bad as it's everyone's saying. <laughs> it just took a little research to find some good schools and then be in that district. So you think it's hard to find someone else who's deluded in a situation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, next time a parent does that, I'm going to spray them in the face <laughs> <laughs> with bleach. <laughs> Just say, hey, you want to go down a water slide? <laughs> hey, like a little dry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to Los Angeles. Oh. Tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to the house clinic where the only thing you know at the house clinic is it's not lupus. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's not showbiz stuff. You're not heading out to Los Angeles to be in a movie or a TV show? Or nope. I'm going to see if they want to. You should have heard the conversation. Now, people know that I am the only person who got this glasteotoma operation drilling into my skull under local anesthetic instead of general, right? Right. So I called uh, this doctor, Dr. Peng, who is supposed to be wicked good, but everybody who gets a doctor, it's always the best in the yeah, world. Yeah, always you know, the best. Always the best. Always the best. You know- here in North Dakota, in this little town of 10,000, yeah. we have the best neurosurgeon in the world. Did you know that? <laughs> That's what I was told. Yeah. The best in the world. He's right here. Yeah. Um, so Dr. Peng, I called him up and I said, I was at the house clinic and I got this operation. And he said, yes, I, I have the records here. I, I've read about it. And I said, well, you can also see it on video because um, I did it under a local anesthetic. And he said, that's done under a general. I said, yeah, I got it under a local. 
He said, no, we do that under a general. I said, I, I got it under a local. I said, and there's a video of it because Teller vanished a penny and it appeared against my brain inside my ear. <laughs> Very long pause. <laughs> then he said the only thing a doctor could say. Yeah. I want to see that. <laughs> because, you know, we couldn't broadcast much of it because it was too intense. Yes. And people hated it. Yeah. But a guy who does ear surgery, that's probably a pretty good thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look. It's a different day for him. Yeah. yeah. That, so um, I'm going to go. And he said to me, which I really, really liked, I said, my left ear, which is the ear that they did the surgery on, I said, the left ear is the one I have trouble with. It is also, because God is unkind, the ear I hear best out of. Yeah. He said, oh, you know, I don't think we want to go in there and mess with that i said so you're thinking if that's the ear that's better you don't want to fuck it up i said isn't that what you learned in medical school first don't fuck things up <laughs> yeah and he said yeah so i'm hoping that he will go and look at my ear and say yeah it's pretty fucked up but you're hearing okay in it and you get infections pretty often we'll just put drops in walk away that's what you're hoping. That's what I'm hoping. I, I think it's not. I also said, we did a CAT scan to see if there's spiders in there. And he said, spiders. I said, yeah, I want to make sure there's no spiders living in my head. He said, well, we'll check that out. The CAT scan should show it, but I'll also have a look. <laughs> because if there's spiders coming out of your ear, we want to know that. I said, yeah, I know. That's what I'm worried about. Colostiotoma? Cholesteatoma. Cholesteatoma. Yeah. What is that? Cholesteatoma is, as it was explained to me, and no, no, that's not, that's not what I should say. No, not as it was explained to me. As I understood it. Oh, uh, yeah. Very important distinction. Incredibly important distinction. <laughs> incredibly important. Because as I, I, I was thinking about this last night, unable to sleep I, in bed. I, I'm really struck by this distinction. I really realize that I must say this all the time. And I should absolutely rephrase to as I understood it as all I, the time. As I understand it yeah. is a really powerful phrase. Yeah. And I decided last night in bed I was going to use it a lot. Yeah. Because once you've said that, you've eliminated the culpability. Yeah. You've said, I'm a stupid, uneducated, crazy asshole. Right. This is what information I understand. Even small things like Teller was, I was talking to Teller about what a magic trick I was working on. And as I understood it, he said to do this. <laughs> yeah. That's a really smart way. Yeah. <laughs> as I understood it, yeah. Cholesteatoma is skin growing in the wrong place. Ooh. But not a tumor. And I say tumor like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Because why else would you ever say the word tumor? <laughs> I remember the doctor saying to me very clearly in New York, this is. 25 years ago, he said, it is a benign growth, but if left untreated, it will grow into your brain, deafen you, and then finally kill you. I said to him, your definition of benign and mine differ. <laughs> but benign must have some sort of medical definition yeah. that something benign can kill you. Like something benign can sit on you in a water slide, <laughs> crush your chest, and destroy you. Just a benign human, yeah. But it's so what happens is skin starts growing. It's supposed to grow 
on your ear, like your ear goes away and then other skin comes in, right? Uh-huh. It just sloughs off. Slough is a good word there. Yeah. Slough is there. And, but if it starts growing inside the inner ear, that same skin becomes a benign tumor that tumor that'll kill you. Okay. Now I hope that there's some doctor listening to our show going, this is the way people understand what I say. <laughs> and they will scream like a lion talked to them and they didn't understand it. <laughs> um, so they had to go in, take off my ear, drill it, which they did on local anesthetic. We do that under general. I know. I got under a local. We do that under general. I know. Got under a local. <laughs> you, sir. You, Dr. Peng, yeah. have not seen crazy before. Yeah. You, Dr. Peng, have to check your definition of we. <laughs> I'm working on benign. You work on we. <laughs> um, uh, but they take the ear off. Ooh. They drill in into the skull. Then they scrape out all the shit that's not supposed to be there. They put it back together. Including some memories, maybe? <laughs> and they pack it with, like, fudge in your ear. Like vanilla fudge. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep me hanging on. Playing all the time <laughs> in your ear. <laughs> vanilla fudge. Coconut fudge really blows down those blues. And um, then they wait a year. And they go back in to see if it grew back. And then take the packing out put it back together and then they fill it with temporary packing so you think your ear taken off twice yeah no matter what no matter how this operation goes i did it before yeah that's yeah what yeah I that's what i mean but there's the thing that's crazy then your mind adjusts okay uh-huh. now you've got to tell me this will all come together who were the women who starred in golden girls oh uh b arthur betty white um, I don't remember who would have been alive. Estelle Getty and on Jerry Lewis on politically incorrect with Jerry Lewis and me. Betty White, I imagine. Betty White, yeah. This will come up in the story later. Mm -hmm. I think it was Betty White. Rue McClanahan. By the way, I just want to say I nailed all four. <laughs> I think it was the, Betty White. Okay. So the stuff your ear adjusts over a year of being stone deaf in one ear. Yeah. Your ear adjusts your spatial stuff. So you start hearing. Um, oh, properly, like what's in front of you, what's behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it fills in for the other, the other side. Mm -hmm. And they told me this. They said, the ear packing in your left ear, which we worked on, will dissolve by itself or your body will dissolve it. And you will start hearing, but it'll take a while for the spatial stuff to come in. Oh. So I was sitting in the green room for Politically Incorrect, which is being done by, from Vegas mm -hmm. with Bill Maher. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice saying, um, hello, Penn. I don't believe we've met. But the voice came from God <laughs> because it was no placement whatsoever. Oh, wow. I couldn't place it. It was just like in my heart. It was this crazy sound. And I got kind of panicked because God was talking to me <laughs> by name. And uh, admitting that we hadn't met. Yeah. <laughs> and I turned around and it was Betty White. <laughs> and I said, 
hello. And she said, are you okay? And I said, you're inside my head. At which point she was thinking, whew, could be a long ride of politically correct. <laughs> and I explained to her, I said, my ear is full of shit and it's crumbling and my spatial recognition is gone and your voice was the first thing to come in to my left ear and I didn't, my brain didn't know where to put it. Now my brain does know where to put it. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> She's like, boy, do I regret asking the follow-up. Yeah, she actually went over and talked to Jerry after that. <laughs> now the story about Bill Maher calling you the crazy one makes a lot more sense. Well, Bill Maher, I was on the very first week of when it was when it was yeah. um, for, yeah, was politically incorrect. Yes, very for, when it was on the Comedy Channel. Yeah, Comedy I Channel. was on the very first week. So Bill Maher has a collection of evidence because <laughs> in those early days of politically incorrect, the show was crazier and I was crazier. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that part's true. So that's where we are now. Yeah. We're closer to Bob Dylan by almost an hour, and that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha cha cha. And to our you become naked. I want to make very clear that uh, Matt did not really spray bleach in his cat's face. Yes. It's a very clear. No one wants to misunderstand it. But. I also want to make clear, I can pick up a bird with my dick. <laughs> and if AGC is listening, I did recently kill my mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we love you. You got somebody to thank there, Matt? Yeah, I want to thank these injured birds. Petty Officer Scoop. Daniel, please tell Penn I love him for calling me a beautiful idiot. Rando Admiral. ClicksNexus.com. David K. David Peters. Shane Brevik. Ah, one, two, fun people. Blue Drinks Films. Brandon Knapp. Benny Kirshner. Big Damn Clay. Nick Dingman. Colin Durham. The Big Scuba Podcast.com. Christine and Bobby Mack. Christina Keller. Central Park Owl. Lancey Minshew. Stephen White. Harlan Liam Clark. Andrew Murnane, Paul Atkinson, Michelle Yeiser, Jonathan Brogan Hastings, Placida Scott, and Dante Peace. Thank you all so much. Thank you. And we broke 600. More than 600 patrons now. Yay! 606. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.